0: Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks for being with us. I thank you every time because all of our times are valuable and we want to spend it in the best way that we can. And I think you're going to be spending it in a great way on this particular program. As we come your way, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., We're here Mondays at 1 a.m. and then Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We are here at 9 a.m. and we stream live at those times at RichardDugan.com as well as podcasting these programs in their entirety, what you don't hear on the special edition, which is an abbreviated edition on Wednesdays. Uh, you can listen to the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, many other websites and locations, uh, too numerous to mention, at least at this particular point. And we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews, and we hope that you will watch these interviews and uh, find out more about what we are doing, what our guest is doing and uh, we will also be linked, as I've often said, to our guests so that you can find out more about uh, what they are doing. And our uh, guest today, uh, and I'll finish all of the announcements later, but our guest today is uh, going to be talking to us about the wisdom of the body. Wisdom of the body is calling you. That's just one area we're going to be talking about with our special guest, uh, Lindy James. Lindy, I want to thank you so much. For joining us here on the program. It's really a pleasure to have you here to talk about the permission zone, as as your website says.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We uh, we deal with a lot of stuff these days. And uh, uh, one of the things that is so challenging for us sometimes uh, can be our technology. And that's one of the interesting things about this conversation is that what you, the realm that you deal in deals with very little, if at all, with technology, at least not in the modern sense of uh, uh, circuits and diodes and hi- Wi Fi and all those things. But it is dealing with a kind of technology that would you say it's uh, ancient wisdom?
1: I would say some of the information is very ancient, definitely.
0: So let's define it because the area in which you, um, I guess you would say, excel and you work in, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I just like to use the terminology and so forth, uh, you deal in uh, something that really became rather uh, uh, cliquish of sorts. It was a catchphrase for just about everything, Tantra.
1: Right. And I was just speaking with a, a Buddhist friend of mine today, and we were really defining Tantra as a spiritual path, as a Mm -hmm. path to awakening. And then where it's gone off into other directions, you know, it does involve sexual energy, but more in the way of opening the Kundalini and the connection to God or spirit or the divine. And then, you know, people have taken it into different venues around um, or avenues around sexuality so you can have a Tantra class that's all about bigger, better orgasms, <laughs> and you can have Tantra classes that are purely meditation. So it has been, as you say, a little corrupted, a little diversified into different realms.
0: You know, it's unfortunate, too, because one of the lessons that I learned in a program I went through where uh, this was spoken of, the 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 aspect of our sexuality is that nothing that has been created was created without the sexual energy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care. You can name whatever you want that we have created as human beings. That was the energy that was used and everything. Right. And every. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, the sexual center or the second chakra is about creativity. Uh So it's creativity, it's creation. You know, we make babies. (laughs) But it comes from that place of being so in your body, which is why I wrote that article. Um, And I also wrote an article last week about the myths, at least three of them, (laughs) around Tantra. Because it isn't all about sexuality.
0: Right. Well, now let's talk about, uh, because I saw that article and I'm very curious. I did read it, but I'm not going to reveal any of it because I want you to. What are the myths about Tantra?
1: Well, this particular article just named three of them. And one of them was, it's about hot sex, maybe orgies. You have to be young and beautiful to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I forget what the third one was, but it was, you know, it's like all these, we have tos and really it's a practice. Anybody can do it. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your gender preference. It's really a spiritual path. So I wrote about how really all of you is welcome. And my first time I went to a Tantra training, it was a weekend weekend. I was terrified. And the reason I decided to go was one of my best friends went maybe, you know, a year earlier and the change in her, the beauty, the radiance that was coming out. And it wasn't just, I had a really good retreat or weekend training. She continued to prosper and look beautiful and really own her divine feminine. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this. And, the more I learned, the more my fears went away, <clears throat> the more I could see that this is a path, like my my heart said yes. And um, it was a path that just called to me. Took me a few years to get really working with it, but um, we got together with my friends that there was 20 of us that did the training that year, and we got together once a month and practiced just pujas, just where we did practices with each other, clothing on, just hand on heart, eye gazing, <coughs> being in deep intimacy.
0: I find that that is an unfortunate, uh, that, that the whole aspect of what you described is that for one of those myths, very unfortunate because so many people miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, and There are those, I I consider myself among those, who grew up in what I would consider to be a relatively normal, uh, if you want to call it that, um, family, four sisters, one brother. uh, There was a lot of estrogen in the house. Uh, Maybe that's the reason why my brother and I didn't hang out as much as we got older at the house. And I was actually the first one to move out before my sister's to, to their consternation. Um, But I have to wonder sometimes about some of the, 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 sometimes the parents or the guardians, they leave it up to the school. They leave it up to the church. They leave it up to the peers. And you might get a little, a little truth in there, but yeah, (laughs) but most of it is just so, out there makes no sense once you get into a relationship and you wonder what am i doing here how did i get here and maybe how do i get out of here you know because this is not comfortable because i have no clue as to what i'm doing
1: and that's one of the i teach um a class once a month just the beginning taste of tantra and it's online and like you said you know it's not a thing that I would have done if, if COVID hadn't happened, I never would have done these kind of things, but teaching people how to um, break free of their beliefs, their habitual patterns, the have tos, the stories we have in our minds. So that's why some meditation is useful. And it, I say embodiment practice rather than meditation, because that scares people away too, mm-hmm. but to notice Like we weren't taught, you know, and and sometimes it was even worse than not taught. We were abused or, you know, as a woman comes into her youthful sensuality, and even little children have it naturally until they're told to sit still, Mm -hmm. to to having, you know, inappropriate, inappropriate behaviors towards them and young boys too. So how do we relearn, how do we become virgins again, kind of, Um, to relearn how to do sexuality, how to listen to our bodies. And that's why I wrote that piece, your body is calling you because the body has so much wisdom but all of our hurts and all of our um, stories around relationship and sexuality, it cuts us off from our bodies cuts us off from the wisdom in our bodies. Hmm. You know, the science of the brain, I don't know a lot of science, but I know there's neural pathways that come down into the body that we can register when things hurt or feel good or scary or dangerous. And around sexuality, a lot of times that connection to the lower chakra, to our sexual center is cut off. I was numb for, you know, a lot of my younger years. Mm. And so how do we reconnect? How do we relearn and start again? Um, so that's not even getting into fully into Tantra. That's just getting into how to step up to the plate. How do we become, like I said, in the permission zone? <laughs> you know, just having permission to be
0: really who you are. And, and folks, we are talking with a permissionary. Her name <laughs> that's her that's her word, not mine and I like it I like it a lot a permissionary uh, and uh, you know there wouldn't be bad to have one of those uh, at every elementary school along with your principal and your nurse and so forth. <laughs> have a permissionary who gives you permission to be who you are. And and that's kind of what we're talking about here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I am so glad that we have with us here on the program to talk about this whole aspect of permission. And uh, we are also going to give you her website, it's so easy. It's her name, uh, Lindy James, lindyjames.com. We will be linked to your website as well, Lindy, to uh, to help people to find out more about what it means to be uh, a permissionary on your part. And as one, it's your mission to help all of us um, to find our permission, to show up in our authentic truth, dare to ask for what we want and to, to uh, basically taste, what uh, we've been longing for. And I find that really very interesting that you kind of took that on uh, in, in reference to uh, this, this subject of our... Uh, I, I, and again, I, it, it's the correct word and everything, and I agree with it. It's just... I find that I'm even, it even sticks in my mouth when I want to say, uh, dealing with our sexuality, because people have, it's like that whole subject is so charged with stuff. You know what I mean? It's
1: taboo, it's forbidden. you know, it's, we're not allowed. And so you know, we shut it all down and then we're thrown into relationship and later marriage and we don't know what to do, you know? And so working with couples, it's one of my favorite things is like helping them to slow down enough to have little 10 minute connects instead of it's either a two hour lovemaking or we don't do it at all. And I don't feel like it. And the kids are up and, you know, it's like, how do we bring that back into connection? How do we speak our fears our desires and our boundaries because when boundaries are taken away it's not possible to really be open and free
0: you know you raise a very interesting area of subject Uh, i am i am smart enough of a man growing up with five females in a household i am not going to ask this but i will tell you i'm 61 (laughs) years old all right i had my my heyday in my 20s, and my 30s, and my 40s, and it tapered off into my 50s. And I find it interesting that my focus these days is more on my career, more on what I'm doing here right now with you. And that is having these conversations about the hard to ask questions, the hard to talk about conversations that we need to have if we're going to progress as a species, as a civilization, as a society. Right. So is is it, from your perspective, another one of those myths that as you get older, uh, your interest in not just the sex act, but the whole aspect of our sexuality sort of diminishes uh, because of the hormones diminishing and uh, 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 all of these different things that doesn't mean that we still aren't creative. Because look at some of the musicians who are in their seventies and still creating music, you know. Yeah. Can you talk about that particular myth, or is it not a myth? Is that based in science and fact?
1: I think it's both, and I bet you those musicians are really sexual.
0: <laughs> ah. Okay. okay. <laughs>
1: but um, I can't say that for a fact. But I know, like for myself my sexual drive so that's true the hormones change i don't have that much of a drive but my connection to my sexuality is actually stronger and you know i say that in my article i feel more beautiful than when i was younger and more fit and thinner because I can now work my own energy. I'm not distracted by this drive to, to have someone to be nice, to be approved of, to um, be sexy enough. You know, we get it from men too. like, you have to be sexy enough or provide, or, you know, all these things that you have to achieve. So Tantra teaches us ways of like undulating the body and calling that sexual energy up this way, instead of going out with it. And so we can learn, like I said, catching those, teaching those neural pathways to come back down. You know, that saying you, if you, um, well, no, I forgot to say, if you don't use it, you lose it, but mm-hmm. it goes the other way. If you keep using it, it comes back. So even in just a, a a gentle pulsing of the pelvic floor muscles, which is the same as a kegel, mm. pumps the energy up this way. I'm more connected to my genitals than I was ever before. Mm. So that brings out this juicy, sensual woman in me. <clears throat> and then if I meet somebody who's also been practicing, we can, you know, make love from across the room, we can make love sitting in each other's laps, fully clothed. There's not that drive anymore. Like if I'm turned on, I have to do something. We have to go to rubbing, <laughs> you know, we have to right. go to intercourse. That's gone. So it's a nice thing sometimes, but it's not the goal. In fact, there is no goal other than being present and oh. in that juicy place with each other.
0: Boy, I tell you what, that, that, that hits me right where I live, so to speak. And that um, I know that uh it's the and this is kind of the way it was phrased to me. It's the difference, and you 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 said it, but I'll put it in in, in the terms I've I've heard. It's the difference between experiencing the sexual energy versus or and or friction sex or intercourse, if you you know, however you want to look at that. Not to say that there's anything wrong with either, but I think that what you just said is you're saying a mouthful when you say there is no goal. And isn't that what we have been programmed to believe? That there must be—we're trying to achieve something here. We're trying to get to the climax, or and or the orgasm, uh, and or finishing. Well, what about me? You know, kind of thing, and 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 on and on and on. And that we've also been sold a bill of goods when it comes to how we should appear. In terms of you talked about, you know, how I don't have to, you know, uh, be sexy for someone else. I don't have to dress up. I don't have to put the makeup on, do my hair and so on and so on and so on. Unless, and, and help me with this, unless it's, unless I'm doing it for me first. Yes.
1: Yes. So it's- if I feel my radiance, my beauty coming forth, I may adorn it with pearls. <laughs> you know, I may... Um, take care of my skin. I may put, I love putting lipstick on. I can't wear high heels anymore, even though I think they're beautiful. (laughs) But I love, you know, textures and flowy clothes. Mm. Um, But even in my pajamas, you know, even in my work jeans, there still can be that little hum. Sure. In the Kashmirian Tantra, they call it the spanda. It's like the sacred tremor, like how do we have that deliciousness everywhere in our body? And Tantra says yes to everything. And Tantra says we can make love all the time to the sunset, to the moonrise, to mm. the you know beautiful spring flowers. It's just like slowing down enough to feel. And like you said, this world says like go and achieve and do and fill up your time. I do as much as I can to not fill up my time, still get things done. Sure. I still have a business, but I take my computer outside and sit on a bench and listen to the birds while I work. I pause and I take slow, three slow, deep breaths can tune you back into your body once you've practiced like that
0: we are talking with lindy james lindyjames.com is the website we hope that you will go there we will be linked to it and as we continue talking with her here on tell me your story i'm richard Dugan, your host and uh, this is a subject that maybe for some folks a little a little difficult because it's not something that that they want to talk about because it's been made, as you said earlier, it's been made to be a taboo subject. You only speak about this uh, behind closed doors, maybe in a dark closet somewhere, uh, back in the recesses of the home or apartment or what have you. When, in fact, it seems to me as if if we had been talking about this for the last 20, 30, 40 decades, we wouldn't have a lot of the sexual problems or sexually related problems that we have in our society today. Is that a fair assessment?
1: That is such a fair assessment. And also the sexual abuse. I think if we had, if we have been healed and healing and guiding people as they grew up, one of my dreams is to, I'd have to wait till kids are 18, but to teach young men and women how to listen to their body, how to have boundaries, how to say yes, and how to say no kindly, no thank you, but thanks for asking, mm-hmm. how to be respectful with yourself. I, one of my early classes, there was a young woman around 35, and she said to me, You mean I can say no? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, she came from an Asian background where women, you know, are a little more subdued and a little more, you know, lower than. Mm-hmm. And she spent the next year saying no. And so that because our true yes only comes when we have a true no. Mm-hmm. And I said yes as a young woman so many times because I wanted the intimacy. I wanted the approval. I wanted the contact. But it sex was not that fun. Yeah. And so if we could learn just, I mean, I'm not gonna talk to them about how to have sex, maybe later, but how to listen to their body, how to, you know, we can um, teach ourselves. And so whatever age we are, it's never too late to learn. You Mm -hmm. can be any age to learn how to respect your body and how to reawaken your sexuality and listen to your body, listen to your sexual center um, and, and, and be guided. And I think that's where we've lost. We've been guided by this stuck in our mind, figuring it out, supposed tos, what do my parents think? What does my wife want? What does my husband want? What happens if we just slow down and listen and come to peace with what is? That's where I give permission.
0: You know, you are probably very much aware that there may still be certain civilizations on the planet. And I know that they existed because I have not only been taught about them, but I've read about them where within their society and their, within their civilization, there were individuals, uh, if not groups of people who were responsible for doing just what you're talking about. And it was done in such a way, it wasn't abusive, it was education. That's what it was. And even taking that uh, uh, maybe a slightly different turn here, we have uh, different uh, faith systems, if you will, that will inaugurate a male and or a female child into adulthood. The Jews have the uh, bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah. But only within the Jewish society, if you will, of old, is that 13-year-old thought of as an adult. Not today. They're only 13. Ah, so you had your bar mitzvah. So what? You're only 13 years old. And it's like, well, then what was the point? Uh, yes, I, I, I don't get it. If they're not considered an adult at 13, and you're, that's when they're supposed to have their bar mitzvah, then why are you doing this? And again, I don't ask that question out of disrespect. I'm, I want to know why. Um, whereas in days gone by, maybe centuries and centuries ago in tribes, they would take the boy out. I remember hearing the story uh, about uh, how uh, the, the, the women, the mourning that the boy was to be taken out by the men for maybe a week or a month long sojourn to become a man. They were crying and carrying on. oh, my baby, my baby. But when he came back, They treated him like a man, regardless of how old he actually was, because he'd been through that ritual. What do you you think about what we are doing in our society, especially specifically, since this is where we live in the West, uh, in terms of um, people coming of age?
1: Well, we aren't really. Um, there's, there's some concepts, you know, you, you graduate from college, you get a job, you have, um, you get married and have a child. That's all sort of markers for people, but there isn't really like, I love that, you know, especially the native Americans would take the child out into the woods and he would do manly things and it would be in his body. He mm-hmm. would feel like a man or the female that was learning the beautiful dances. And, you know, she learned all the things that the women did. She was taught the things, even those, you know, in, in the Western culture, the what men and women do is kind of mixed now. Yeah. Um, but they were taught. So then that was, you know, they were respected once they had gone through these rites of passages. Um, and And I think, you know, in my mind, In the ancient times and I can't say that this is for sure true but I think it is you know there were temples that young men and young women went to to learn about their bodies and to learn about intimacy and sexuality Um, and I have you know in those same temples when men went off to war went off you know I, I suppose it was more like tribes going out to fight before those wounded soldiers would come back to their families they would go to this temple for healing because they've been through. And I wish, I wish we had a anti-boot camp. You know, we go and teach the guys how to shut off their feelings and kill people to come back and have, you know, a month or more of massage and poetry and places to cry and come back to their human humanity before they're sent home. I think there would be a whole lot less suicide.
0: Well, I do know that in uh, uh, civilizations of old, (laughs) doing that bit again, uh, that they, regardless of whether they won or lost, when they came back, they were treated royally because they win or lose. They went to fight for their tribe, their people, and their way of life, if you will. And we don't do that. I remember what was real interesting was an interview many years ago with a producer of a movie called Welcome. And it had to do with specifically Vietnam vets. vets. And I asked the producer, uh, you, know, it, you know, is there an issue here in terms of getting the, the veteran to acclimate uh, to civilian life? And he says, well, not really, no. That's really not where the issue is. The issue is getting the civilian world to acclimate to the veteran, to understand where the veteran is coming from. And I think that's what you're saying also is when they come home, they should not go straight back to a wife, husband, children, home life. Uh, They should still be uh, deployed only now they're going to be deployed. Let's say for a month to do the very things that you just talked about.
1: And then we could have the family come and be part of that and integrate and so they understand their world as well because you can't expect them to come back unchanged.
0: Especially with what they've been through. I mean, it's just, I mean, and you're right. It's ridiculous to think that, oh no, they're going to be fine. They'll be all right. You know, suck it up, soldier, man up. I just like, or, you know, in the case of the women, woman up, you know, put your big boy or big girl pants on, whatever the phrase you want to use. Uh, but we have the same problem in the civilian life with the traumas that we go through, uh, specifically in childhood, but in, in, in adolescence and adulthood, too. And we're told almost the same thing, although I would have to say, and I think that COVID is, uh, I call it the COVID era, uh, has maybe opened up this door, which I think is wonderful, to where we have a new pandemic, they say, and it's mental health. And people are now saying, you know what? There's no shame in going to therapy and there is no shame in getting help because we were quote unquote, locked up for two years. I keep telling people, I said, they told you to stay home. They didn't say you had to stay inside. You could go out in your front yard or your backyard. Come on. You know, and I know that's not easy for a lot of people who live in high rise buildings. Okay. I, you know, I, I get that. Get creative. Um, what about that in terms of uh, uh, dealing with, shall we say, <laughs> the rest of us, uh, om jo go say go just all of us, in terms of uh, saying, you know what, it's okay. And if I have a therapist, I'm paying them, or shouldn't we maybe create a network of maybe family and or friends that we can go to and say, hey, you know, I... I need a sounding board. Okay. And I would like to ask you to facilitate that role.
1: Well, and you know, I've, I've been hearing like most therapists are booked up, like you can't find a therapist right now. And, and so. It's also that lack of touch. I've known some people that just stayed by themselves, didn't hug anybody for a year. And I cannot imagine that because we need that. We need touch. We need oxytocin. We need all of those feel-good drugs that the brain, the chemicals, the brain creates. And and so um, it is important to have a sounding board. It's important to be with each other. And Zoom at first was like (laughs) over blowing up, you know, and I started doing... Um, zoom gatherings around tantra practices online. And it's very interesting. If you do certain practices, you can't physically feel each other's touch, but you can feel energy. And I would have them do, you know, really simple, like matching hands, or if you look right into the camera, you can see my eyes and feel my presence. And that was very soothing for people. I had full classes (laughs) for that and, you know, learned how to do breakout rooms. Actually, I hired somebody to do that and just figuring it out. And now um, I do some groups in my home, but still being careful, vaccinated, testing at the door, you know, it's a pain in the ass, but, (laughs) but, you know, the first exercise I do is how would you like to be held and finding your voice? Like I, I feel shy. Can we sit back to back? Can I lay my back into your chest and have your arms around me? Can I just put my head in your lap? Mm-hmm. That's all Tantra too. It's not all sex, <laughs> you know, it's connection. It's bringing yourselves into the body again so that you feel that yumminess yeah. and, you know, in about 30 seconds of a hug, the brain starts producing oxytocin, that love drug. Mm. So those kind of pat, pat, pat hugs just don't quite do it. But you hug somebody and you take a breath in together and a breath out together and pause and then go on your your day. Mm-hmm. That's so needed.
0: Yeah. Lindy James is my guest. Lindyjames.com is the website. And you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And the subject matter that we cover here on this program is wide and varied and gets into a lot of different areas. I want to talk a little bit in one of the areas that I love to go into, and that is, of course, the metaphysical or spiritual aspects. And what benefits uh, that Tantra brings to the soul, if you will. Certainly, as you've already talked, and we've talked many times on this program about the incredible pharmaceutical company that we have that resides within our own bodies. <laughs> as long as we're feeding it the right elements to create those drugs, so to speak, those elements, those chemi- that chemistry, uh, we, <clears throat> we have an incredible intellect <clears throat> that, again, you've got to put the right stuff in in order for that intellect to work in order to be able to uh, uh, write those new neural pathways and so on and so forth. And, excuse me, it seems that uh, the same thing would be obviously on the physical level with the human body. Uh, You want to, you know, exercise and do different things and obviously give it what it needs to function properly. But how do we do that in reference to Tantra for our soul, our spirit, our essence,
1: well, that's a really good question. Um, for I can just speak for myself personally, and then what I teach it's like that ability to sit with another and be so present that there is nowhere to hide and no reason to hide. So, in my vulnerability, sometimes I'm really tender, sometimes I'm really passionate, sometimes I'm shy, but just. I don't need to be any different. And that feeling of being met. And then if we do some tantric practices and we both are like, say we're sitting ap- across from each other and we've spoken our fears, our desires and our boundaries. Um, the boundary could be my clothes don't come off or we just have 10 minutes or one hour. My fear is um, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. I, one time my my one of my students said my fear is that I might hurt you. He was speaking to his wife and then he burst into tears. He had no idea that was underneath it all. So when we really come real with each other there's such a joy and there's such a like a relief because in a way I think this is the way we were before we came into physical form. Mm. That's just my feeling like We are out there in in that divine oneness. And then we come into, you know, our bodies into the planet earth. And we're actually heading back that way. Mm -hmm. So any of those practices that feel like we can touch that oneness. So we use united breath. We use undulation. We can do a whole lot of practices without ever touching. And then learning to feel across from each other. So, if I look at you and feel my heart and let my heart come towards your heart, there's a certain moment where I'll feel that, like my friend says, where the petals of your heart kiss.
0: Mm. Oh, and
1: right. yeah. And so then I feel your joy and there's oneness in that joy. So these, you know, to order to get to that place, there's all these steps of, being able to step out of the thinking, chattering mind and be in the more intuitive mind, be more balanced to heal those fears, to um, judgments that you have on yourself or wounding, you know, it's like, I'm afraid to be the first time I did eye gazing, I would get dizzy, you know, people would say, I'm going to eye gaze, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and so so if you can like really be in your body and then just look out these windows to the soul and just look at one another yeah. wow that's gonna be scary and now i crave it i crave that connection
0: wow yeah. you know there, there are so many ways that we can connect without ever physically touching. Yet at the same time, that physical touch is also extremely important. And yes, we can certainly look at the whole study about uh, babies who are born who don't receive the tactile contact early. Uh, in life and go off to become I don't know what or that certain chemical again you, what was it you said the endorphins they're not created or, so oxytocin oxytocin yeah. endorphins I don't know I'm no chemist <laughs> or
1: dopamine serotonin mm. and I think endorphins are somewhere in there too yeah but they're all the feel-good drugs and when mm. we don't have them you know, we feel gnarly, nasty, cranky, unhappy.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I want to continue this conversation here with you, uh, uh, Lindy, Lindy James. Lindyjames.com is the website. I hope that you folks will go there. I uh, also want to let you know that uh, we encourage people. I want to talk about this uh, as we continue. We encourage people to participate in what I have called, since September of 2019, the decade of perfect vision. Now, it actually started out as the year of perfect vision because 2020 was the year of perfect vision. And we got through that. Now we're in 2021 and so forth. It's the decade where we ask people to go within, to listen to that still small voice where they will get perfect vision, insight, inspiration, encouragement. Uh, I am currently uh, working through um, the processes of grief right now over the loss of my eldest sister uh, just less than two weeks ago as of our conversation. And I'm hearing her in my inner ear. And I'm loving it. It's not, it doesn't make me cry a matter of fact, makes me smile and makes me laugh because when I'm not only am I, not only what am I hearing is, uh, Richard, hi, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And I hear her laughing. I hear her laughter. She had a fabulous, beautiful laugh. Um, but I want to talk about that inner, inner life that we all I believe we all need to cultivate and how that plays into this as we continue here on. Tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, uh, Lindy James is my guest and Lindy, let's talk about the inner life and we can only speak about it from our own personal perspectives, yours and mine. Um, How, how does that play into this whole uh, tantric field and also Uh, You're being the permissionary, giving us permission, if you will, because sometimes people actually do need permission to listen to that still small voice.
1: Yeah, so, you know, most of us, I like to say, are recovering good girls and good boys or pleasers, and that really covers up the voice. You know, most things are covered up until they get so loud, you know, that we have a meltdown, a breakdown, (laughs) heartbreak, but to the path to that inner voice, that inner listening is being willing to break those patterns. And that's the permission, the permission to say no. And, and, and when we say no, at first as good girls and good boys, as nice people, Mm. it can be terrifying. So learning skills to be scared and do it anyway. I want to read this little piece. Please. It's very short. When I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. So when we break the taboos of our religion, of our family, you know, sometimes it it's our Our group of friends are all like of a certain mind. And if we step out of that, the risk of losing people's approval, people's, you know, thumbs up for who we are in order to really find who we are. And so um, I do an embodiment practice every morning and, you know, I may not stay there much longer than that half an hour, Mm -mm. but the tools that it takes to get there. So slowing down the breath, turning your attention inward, because like you hear your sister in your ear, you're not going to hear her if you're blabbing all the time. (laughs) And maybe if you're thinking all the time to feel each, you know, in Tantra, we have um, seven chakras and and let's just say energy centers, you know, the third eye where we can see truly, to see the truth, to see through illusion, that the crown is like connecting to spirit or God or the cosmos. Like how much are we aware of the boundlessness of the sky, of the universe? Mm-hmm. Like those ways, you know, we, we learn some things like when you're about to cry, the throat actually tightens. Mm-hmm. Um, long before we start howling in tears, there's a little tightening. There's a little to feel. We can feel our heart when it's really open or really shut, but there's little sensations. I studied a form of psychotherapy called Hakomi, and they often, when you're speaking to someone in therapy and they say, I feel really sad, where in your body are you feeling the sadness?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of saying it's just sad, like what tells you it's sad? Well, you know, one time I said, it feels like there's a boot on top of my chest. So the body speaks in metaphor. So when something seems weird, just know that that's normal. When I'm really happy, my heart feels like champagne, like bubbles. Oh, wow. Um, And when we go down to the genitals, you know, in Tantra, the woman's genitals are called yoni. Mm Mm-hmm sacred space Mm -hmm. and the man's genitals is called lingam wand of light and so that changes things too we can take out all those dirty names those cruel names um some of them are fun maybe that doesn't Mm -hmm. make them wrong but you know the one they're used as derogatory let's just let those go sure i can hear what my yoni says now for most of my life my yoni was like nope i'm not talking (laughs) <laughs> so now I can talk to her, I can pulse my PC muscles and feel and say hello. Or if something is really good like I can be in the forest, you know, in a beautiful woods mm-hmm. and she just kind of goes hmm, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs>
1: so so you know as to your question like that's that inner listening and and all together it's our soul's longing. Like My soul's longing is to really break free of all of my conditioning and bring people together, you know, that can connect and be respectful and be loving with each other. We are all, one of my favorite sayings is instead of waiting for the one, that was the third one that we have to have a partner to do Tantra, Mm. We, we are all the one. And I can practice with you, Richard. You know, it doesn't mean we're going to be lovers or eye gazing and having you say to me, thank you when I say no. Wow. So that's my soul's longing. It's bringing that. It's not something I said, I'm going to school for this and I'm going to do that. It just came out of me. It started with horseback riding lessons. You have to be in your body to really ride a horse well. And so I learned how people, like, if I'd say, can you feel your big toe? And they'd be like, no, (laughs) you know, like, how do you get in your body enough to feel your big toe, to feel the weight of your sits bones on the saddle,
0: Mm.
1: you know, that, that I always was good at that. Like, okay, now feel that be in your breath. And when you are in your body, the horses are happy. They change. And so, you know, like that was, I think horses were my first Tantra teachers. (laughs) Mm,
0: How wonderful. Yeah. We're talking with Lindy James. Website is lindyjames.com. And this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Lindy, I I wanted to uh, uh, touch upon before we go your background and uh, not how you were trained, but how you became interested in this particular, I'll call it this particular field, when in fact it isn't a field, it is the field, because, because of its all-encompassing aspects to just living life. That, I mean, that's what I'm getting from our conversation here. Right. So how did, you, how did this kick off for you? What was the catalyst? Well, it was my own healing. I knew
1: there was something more, even since I was a little kid, you know, I grew up in a family, lots of alcohol, you know, it was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. (laughs) And my whole being always knew that this connection and realness was how it's supposed to be. You know, I suppose I came in with it. So when I saw the the, 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 practices that could open me to open my yoni, to open my heart, to connect my yoni in my heart, Mm -hmm. that I could walk in this life like that. And the more I learned, and I went to so many classes and beginners, I became an assistant. And every time I went, I would hear another piece. Like I ignored the chakra stuff for a long time. And now it's like, when I talk to you about it, I can feel it everywhere. It's like, it's Mm. just, everywhere and so i just felt like i was led like this is what i was meant to do you know i used to i studied landscaping
0: (laughs) (laughs) well but reality is you're doing a whole different kind of landscaping right human landscaping
1: right and and then i did horses i had horses since i was nine i mean i was with horses since i was nine i've owned a horse since i was like 12 Mm. and I'm going to write a book. I was raised by horses <laughs> yeah, because they're embodied beings. And if you slow down enough to be with them, they'll teach you. Yeah, And, and so that's like how I got into it was all that sort of thing um, that called me forth so that once I learned it, oh, everybody should know this. <laughs> and, and so there's where my mission to give permission came in.
0: And how has everybody responded? <laughs> and I know that's a loaded question.
1: <laughs> you know, I think I have really good guides, you know, on the other side, because it's always been good. Mm. I, I have, I've always felt I had like how to speak in layman's terms. So of course I don't talk to my dad about it much, <laughs> and I. Um, but but maybe I talk about it in a, in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. but It has really been well received. I do get, you know, strange requests sometimes that I have to lovingly say no to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in general, it's been you know people are really grateful. I I could say I have fans. <laughs> I have students that have been with me for a long, long time Mm. and support me. And, you know, people come and help me set up and people want to, you know, be part of what I do. And so I watch, you know, if I'm doing the right thing, it I'm shown. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing the right, wrong, you know, I can also tell when I've made a wrong turn and then I say, Oh, that didn't work. Change direction, go that way. So that's, that's been my guide for a long time
0: Hmm. well i i I applaud you for the work that you're doing because uh, first of all i know it takes a lot of energy not necessarily time but it takes a lot of energy however being the being a reiki master and the training that i have had i know that if you're using the energy of the universe you then are not depleted you're actually filled so so it does take a lot of energy, but it belongs to the universe, and fine. As long as it's supplying, I'll use it uh, the best way I know how. <laughs> I think that's uh, kind of how we do it. I cannot thank you enough for, for this opportunity. You were actually referred to me by someone who uh, thought I would be interested in having you on our program, and I certainly was, especially when I went to your website, uh, and saw the many things that you are all about. Matter of fact, uh, tell us a little bit about what we will find at your website, which is lindyjames.com, and uh, where you talk about how you are, again, the permissionary and you're giving us permission. And, and I put it, I'm going to put it this way you're giving us permission to be, to be who we really are.
1: Exactly.
0: And I will add one more element to that. In being, in just being, you are giving us permission to be perfect. That perfection, the definition is not right or wrong. It's just in being.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's one of my best skills and what I get reported. You know, Lindy is easy to be with. Lindy's not scary, (laughs) even though the subject might be scary. Yeah. Lindy's not scary. And um, so, you know, it says intimacy coaching for men. I will be with men as if like we're on a date. It might be a walk on the beach. It might be having dinner. And I literally coach them by using how my body feels as I talk to them. And, you know, I remember one guy saying, I just can't make small talk. And I said, great, don't just look at me and say what comes to your mind. And and he was like, really? (laughs) And that just brings me so much joy. I work with couples and help them be with each other. I work with individuals either online if they're far away or um, with precautions in, in person and, um, and, but I also love doing groups. So I do workshops and trainings. Um, I do a six month Tantra training where we meet one weekend a month for six months. So you can really deepen into it. Mm. That's where it really gets juicy because then I get to continue with a group energy where they get to really bond with each other. And I just make stuff up, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just make stuff up to do that could throw in Tantra and, that's where my creativity comes in, and one of the things, if you want to just taste simple embodiment, is I do an embodiment guided practice Monday through Friday, eight to eight thirty, um, um, each morning, Pacific Standard, or do we say Pacific
0: Daylight now? I just say As- Pacific Time. That's all I say. I just say Pacific Time. I've had <laughs> enough with Daylight and and uh, Standard.
1: yes i heard we're gonna stop doing that
0: yeah but it's not until next year i do not understand that but anyway tell us about tell us about the the get together (laughs) so you can sign
1: up for the class it's just 25 dollars a month and it's five days a week and the best thing is it makes me get up and do it and you can if you can't make it you can do uh, the recording i record each morning Mm. but it's really fun and it's with this camera off because i'm not dressed up Eight in the morning. <laughs> so I, and I just sit in front of my window and in front of all my garden and, and, and lead stuff. And it's really fun because I just get to, I have certain exercises that we do to embody, to pray, to five minutes of silence, sort of. And, and also like what intention would serve you this day in service of your life's vision?
0: Well, I think it's great to uh, have this opportunity for people to find uh, as we talk about on this program those new ways of living which aren't really so new they've been around for centuries they they're in the ancient wisdom teachings as i i use that term Uh, and and you can bring any book you want from bygone days and it probably is one of those ancient wisdom teachings but they all contain that thread Uh, You talked at the beginning of the program about energy and science, interestingly enough, verifies that everything is energy. So everything that you are doing has to do with energy.
1: Absolutely. And it's really fun talking with you because you do the research in the background and I just do the, in the moment, and as I'm sharing with you, it excites me just talking about what I'm doing. Like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I like
0: that. Absolutely. And I love you talking about it, too. The blue, by the way, suits you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes. I, I have I, two lives. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and I, I, I cannot thank you enough for the time that you have given us here on Tell Me Your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Lindy James, my guest, lindyjames.com, will be linked to your website, Lindy, so people can connect with you uh, and uh, find out more about the work that you are doing. It is um, a rarity that we have a guest on where we're not promoting a book, per se, but I'm just curious, do you have uh, anything in writing a book that either you have or that you are writing that we will be able to pick up on, or is it, does it go along the lines of this saying truth is only truth until it's written down? Ah,
1: (laughs) I don't know about that one, but I, they can get on my newsletter and I write articles every month. And, and that has been really fun. And yes, a book is coming. I don't have a title for it yet, other than I was raised by horses. I don't know, could say the tantric path under that. And, um, If you're interested in talking with me i do a free 20-minute discovery session and that's also on my website so we can just talk about what's going on and how i might help you or i might direct you
0: well we thank you so much for uh, helping and directing us here on this program uh, as we come to the end of our program however i have three final questions that i would like to ask you Uh you may have asked them during the program but i like to ask them directly However, before I do, I need to address you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for listening and viewing and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and our special edition, it's a little abridged, but that's okay, Uh, it is at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. We're streaming live at those times, at richarddugan.com there are also podcasts the full version of these interviews at uh, soundcloud itunes tunein radio spotify stitcher player fm iheart radio amazon music and many other locations we are also on youtube where you can watch and listen to these interviews and i hope that you'll subscribe and if you'd like to uh, become a part of the work that we are doing we greatly appreciate any financial support you can give us That is why we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And please participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, and spend that time, that quiet time, that peaceful time going within to a place I finally figured out that nobody else can get to but me. I used to think about this, uh, Lindy, that if I could find that one place on the planet that I could go to where I could be by myself and be quiet and still and everything. And then I thought further and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. If I can find it, then so will others. <laughs> yes. Until right. I realized, oh, yeah, it's in here. And nobody it's, can, nobody else can get there. So please, folks, participate in uh, this decade of perfect vision. And with that, as I like to say, now we enter the lightning round of the game show we like to call "Tell Me Your Story," where we ask those three final questions of our guests. And the first of those three is, "Who is Lindy James?"
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 Lindy James is a lovely Dakini who has traveled the inner worlds of sexuality.
0: <laughs> what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now?
1: Ah, uh, just inner and outer peace in the world, more love in the world.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose.
1: Well, I think that's the same answer. My life's purpose, you know, is the healing of myself and the modeling of healing out into the world and spreading it.
0: Well, again, I thank you so much for giving us the time here on the program. And I, I really do hope we can have you back, especially when you do uh, release that book by whatever title you will give it. Uh, I have to tell you that I have a great affinity for horses. I've never owned one. Uh, I only rode one as a kid uh, where my grandfather and grandmother lived in Florence, Arizona. He had a corral and he would let us ride the horses. He would let us ride the donkeys. Boy, they were stubborn. Uh, And that's about all I know. But I love watching them run. If it's wild horses, I mean, we watch these, these Westerns that are, that are being made today, like um, Yellowstone in 1883. There's another one called Heartland. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, and, and I'm not necessarily a fan of horse racing, but oh my God, I love to watch them run the Kentucky Derby and so forth. They're such majestic creatures.
1: They are. Oh, they fabulous. Really are. And I have to say that In the old Western movies, when the cowboys come galloping along, and then they slam on the brakes and the horse is going, ah, (laughs) they're pulling (laughs) on their mouth, and then they whinny. Horses don't whinny at that point. That is a lie.
0: (laughs) That was (laughs) dubbed in.
1: That's dubbed in. Yeah. Wow. But but on Heartland, the horses are happy. If you look at their expression, their ears, their mouths, their body language, those horses are really well-trained and well-cared for. Oh,
0: I, and you can see it. You really you can. You can
1: really see it.
0: And the lessons that they teach. And I remember, and, and I'll wrap this up here because I know you've got other things that you need to be getting to. But I remember in the, in the one of the episodes of 1883, which is the prequel to Yellowstone, uh, the Indians, as they were d- going across what became the Oregon Trail, <clears throat> there were these Indians who, they, who befriended them. And they came across this one horse who was wild, but was staying with them. And the Indian said, "Uh, you don't need to break the horse. Let me show you how we do it. And he took the horse, walked it out into the middle of a river where it was above chest high to the horse. And he slowly got onto the horse and began to walk it around. There was a little resistance. And eventually he was able to walk. Right back up the bank of the river <laughs> because he and the horse became one he didn't try to break the horse he was Absolutely. trying to connect with the horse and say hey i'm not going to hurt you it almost reminds me of uh oh i wish i could remember the title of the song now john denver did a song uh, years ago about um uh uh, uh wild horses And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not here to steal your heart away. You know, I just want to know what it's like to see the sunrise come up each and every day and wanting to connect with the horse. So it just they're just incredible beasts. And I thank you so much for are incredible.
1: I would say horses saved my life. I went to my horse every day Mm. and and I didn't get in trouble because of that. You know, they're really good for kids.
0: Well, Lindy, thank you again for joining us. And I thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. Until our next broadcast, broad po- <laughs> broadcast, podcast, videocast. Love to Lal and Jeanette. I'll be listening.